This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we discuss Vanderbilt's 21-20 loss on the road to South Carolina. The Gamecocks gift-wrapped a Christmas present to the Commodores, but they ended up throwing it away on Saturday afternoon. Final score, 21-20. Zeb Noland, the former grad assistant quarterback, leads South Carolina to victory. We discuss uh, the scoring drive recap. We dive into that. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 116. It is October 18th, 2021. We are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. And Will Vanderbilt suffers a one-point loss to South Carolina, 21-20. to Zeb Nolan, the former grad assistant coach, comes in and leads South Carolina to victory. We will give a full scoring drive recap. We will provide our three main takeaways and we'll also touch on Vanderbilt being a 22-point underdog at Miss, against Mississippi State at home next Saturday. But, Will, uh, there's a lot in, in this one. We, we've got a lot of good, a lot of bad. Uh, but, but man, they're, they're getting closer. But, but, man, it hurt to lose that. This is the first game Vanderbilt really should have won this whole year, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the SEC. I mean, obviously, South Carolina is a different level of competition than right. Georgia and Florida. But this team – played well enough to win specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And before we get into this podcast, I have one thing to spell out uh, that is something that I wanted to open up this podcast with, which is W-I-L-L-S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. Will Shepard. The guy. This game, he impressed the hell out of me. He was coming Mm -hmm. off a a lot of things. I know he saw what was said in that article without a doubt. (laughs) <laughs> and I defended the guy saying I thought he was a legitimate playmaker that had some drop issues this yeah. year. And he came out and he balled out. Mm-hmm. And I said I wanted him to catch for 150. He fell, fell a little short of that. He caught for 120. But yeah. the guy made one play that was probably the best offensive individual play, playmaker yes. play that we've seen all year. And he also was the ball getting knocked out very late away from probably the best mm-hmm. catch of the year at the five-minute mark of that second quarter. He almost came down with an incredible mm-hmm. one-handed reception. So I tweeted out that guy's going to be a problem uh, in mm-hmm. one to two years. He still seems a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, he still seems like he has some work to do route running, but the raw playmaking ability, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen something like that from a Vanderbilt receiver in a very long time. I, I was going to say shades of Chris Boyd there. The, the, just the Shades play. of Chris Boyd, yep. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe we'll get another Jordan Matthews but man he, he's got the talent and and he he's going to be a player I'm with you there uh, but Will we've got a lot here again we're going to go through the entire scoring drive for each team I know you've got a lot of analysis on those drives uh, and then our three main takeaways we didn't look at either of our three main takeaways so we could have the three exact same we could have three very sure. different ones so we'll see about that but Will before we get to the recap don't forget to follow us on twitter at door underscore report and instagram door dot report like us on facebook subscribe to our youtube channel our podcast is available on anchor itunes spotify and google Podcasts. and while you're at it give our podcast five stars and a review on itunes 
All right, let's get to the South Carolina recap. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, well, here we go. Let's jump right into it. And... Vanderbilt ended up losing. Final score, 21-20. Zeb Noland, the grad assistant, uh, former grad assistant. He's a player now. He's on the field. He ended up he ended up finding a way to uh, to do just enough on that last drive. And let's get to some of our initial takeaways. Like We, we always like to do this before we dive into uh, some of our analysis of the stats and, and three main takeaways. But initially what jumps off the page to me, Will, is, is Mike Wright. 11 for 21, 206 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and he ran the ball well too, 15 carries, 41 yards. He's going to have to clean up the turnovers because they did come at two really bad times. But the interception, I, I think that was a good idea, but the defender just made up, just jumped up and made a good play. I mean, you got to give a lot of the credit to the defender there. He made a play. Uh, and then his fumble on the last drive, that was you know, that kind of that was kind of a microcosm of the mood of the of the game, the mood of the team and all the momentum was with South Carolina. And and it's a shame that was on the first play of the drive, but that simply can't happen. He knows that. And and, and I'm sure Mike is going to clean some of that up. But but will Mike Wright, we're going to touch on him more throughout this episode. But man, he showed he showed a lot. He, I think he proved to to this staff that, that he has what it takes to lead this team. Yeah, Mike Wright. And it's going to be in the keys. I, I try to avoid talking about my keys in the game recap here. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit difficult little sometimes. But, but Mike Wright showed that I came into the season, I think we both came into the season, and a lot of Vanderbilt fans felt that way, that Ken Seals had done enough last year to earn the job, or at least, or at least be the presumed starter going right. into camp. Mike Wright, like we have said, is too good to be just standing on that sideline. Um, even if we were in favor of Ken Seals being the starter at the beginning of the year, we wanted to see him in packages because he was explosive. He, pro- mm-hmm. he possesses a very unique skill set yes. in that his arm is not necessarily an NFL talent level arm, but he has a really good arm for a quarterback that is at, as athletic as he is. On the run, and he showed yeah. that on some of those passes that he threw on the run that were dropped on a dime. Mm-hmm. And something that he did throughout the game that Ken Seals has struggled with throughout this year is plays broke down. Uh, the first read wasn't there. The second read wasn't there. And he extended the play outside of the pocket and kept his eyes downfield. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen that from Ken Seals this year. And that showed in the stats. And, and when you go through and grade that offensive line, as far as deep analytical stats go, the offensive line hasn't given up that much pressure. Yeah. But the passing game has been that bad. So you, you kind of have a disconnect there where why does this offensive line look so bad? Um, during the game, but then you go and actually grade out the offensive line and chart the plays, and the offensive line isn't that bad. No, no. So, so you saw Mike Wright able to do some things, and the offense played looser in general with him on the field. I think that was just some kind of 
chaotic backyard football that gets created yeah. sometimes with those athletic quarterbacks, regardless of what the coach calls. Um, and you saw that on the play to Cam Johnson to start out the game. And I think a lot of a lot of Vandy fans are, are, are like his play because man, if they could get another maybe you know talented young running quarterback in there, maybe a Marcel Reed, maybe a Kenny Menchie, some some shades of that, and showing man you can have success as a running quarterback in this offense. But will he he was right behind Rocco Griffin in rushing. It, Rocco had 18 carries, 57 yards. He he got on the board with a touchdown there. That was huge. Uh, that was only his second touchdown of the season. Will Shepard, again, you touched on him, three catches, 120 yards. He was averaging 40 yards a catch, which is crazy to think about. Um, only three catches. You'd love to see him have a little bit more. Uh, but, man, he, he, he jumped off the page. Cam Johnson, two catches, 46 yards. And that first 44-yard catch, great throw in the run by Mike. And we'll touch more on Mike. But, Will, initially also here before we get to some of the stats, Anthony Orgy led the team eight tackles. But the takeaways, and we, we will get to these, but Tank Sujic forced a fumble. Deshaun Jerkins and Ethan Barr had two interceptions late and they played opportunistic defense. And that's what a lot of fans have been looking for. They had two turnovers against Florida. They still gave up 434 yards of total offense against South Carolina. But uh, so there's still plenty of things to clean up. But will this defense, they stepped up when they needed to. And, and boy, was it impressive. But also, Will, as a team, there's a couple stats that I look at. They were five of 14 on third downs. Not going to win you many games. And it's not an awful number, but. It's got to be cleaned up, and they only averaged 2.7 yards a carry. So we talk about the offensive line giving Mike Wright just enough time. In the run game, you're still not seeing those mm -hmm. creases for those running backs and, and kind of, you know, this, this all line is not going to dominate in the trenches by any means. But if they're able to hold their blocks maybe a touch longer, I think you'll see a more success in the running game. But we'll also, it was a clean game. For Vandy, only three penalties, 15 yards. And we talk about clean game. You know, I think that's only penalties and, and mistakes. Um, but, Will, on the other side, it's pretty crazy and mind-boggling to think about all the mistakes South Carolina made, but they still found a way to win. Ten penalties for South Carolina, four turnovers. And this game, Will, was wrapped up in a nice, tightly packed gift and handed to, to the Commodores, but they threw it away. And, and it, it's as simple as that. You know, we can talk about a lot of other things, but – the bottom line is this this coaching staff is still learning how to finish games late, and we'll touch on a lot of that, but, man, they, it was handed to them. It was right there for the take. Man, basically, and this is going to be touched on in the keys, but the, the old saying of you can't play to not lose, you have to play to win, this staff throughout this entire season, when they've gotten leads, has played to hold on to the lead and not lose. Mm -hmm. They don't want to lose the game. They had an opportunity to seal this game and, and kneel the ball at the end of the game to come out with a victory, an SEC road victory. Mm -hmm. And they had that opportunity, and instead they elected to run the ball or run the ball twice in a row and run a safe dump out pass into the flats with no chance of getting the first down and set up for a field goal and then drop back into eight-man deep, three-man rushing coverage and allow South Carolina to move down the field. It's as simple as that. This coaching staff was not punished for their mistakes in the Colorado State and UConn game. And they sure were punished for their bad decisions in the South Carolina game. So they were rewarded for bad decision-making in those two games. And you're not going to be rewarded in a single SEC no. game with that coaching style. You're, you're just not, you're not, we talked about that in the preview and, and will the, I think you just gave me your thoughts on kicking the field goal, but they elected to kick that chip shot field goal. And that points to the conservative approach by this staff. They did it against Colorado state. It, it worked barely. You, you can say it worked, but man, they survived that one 
against them, but it did not work and it will not work against any SEC teams. And, and will that last defensive possession was mind boggling. I understand what coach Lee is talking about, but they only rushed three guys and they put eight guys into zone coverage. And <laughs> coach Lee said the strategy was to force them away from the boundary and push them to the middle of the field and keep them in bounds. But Will, it was just too easy for Zeb Nolan. He had all day back there. And I don't, I don't want to take I don't want to take any of the credit away from this guy. He, he stepped up and made plays, but a former grad assistant for him to step up and win the game, I think that points more to Vandy's coaching strategy there. And I mean, Will, he had 10 years back there to throw. He had all day. And when you have eight guys in a zone coverage, it's just not typically gonna work. Zero, Billy. <laughs> Zero. That's how many extra rushers that he faced on that entire last drive. That was some of the worst coaching malpractice I have seen in Vanderbilt football. It reminded me of Bobby Johnson 2.0. Oh, Just hold no. on to that lead. Hold on to that lead, man. We're gonna Come get on. It. And it's amazing because you watched them actually get pressure. This team had six tackles for loss. They forced turnovers. They were able to disrupt the South Carolina offense. And you could see the in-game adjustments, which were phenomenal throughout the rest of the game from this defensive coaching staff of the first two drives against South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You could see at the beginning, South Carolina drove down 12 plays, 75 yards, boom. Yep. Then Vanderbilt drives down and gets a field goal after some conservative play calling, which I'm going to touch on. And then South Carolina, they get a big tackle for loss on that reverse. Um, that was some great pursuit. There were yep. seven white jerseys around him um, in that backfield for a seven-yard loss. And then boom, 75-yard uh, or whatever it was, 80-yard touchdown yep. pass um, that Alan George uh, was was unable to cover there. Just, just I don't That's want to call a guy nice. out. Because I want to say the name because this my overarching point of this is going to be the the bounce back uh, in the face of adversity because it was on a fourth down stop in scoring position for South Carolina right after Alan George had gotten stiff armed really badly in the open field and South Carolina's player had scored on that deep pass. He was put in a one-on-one -on -one situation on fourth and short Tough spot. and he made up and, and he ran up and made that stop one-on-one -on, -one on the outside on, on nearly the next position right after that, which was is so difficult because you know in the back of his mind he was thinking if he get, gets put in another one-on-one -on -one situation, in the back of your mind you're thinking, oh, no. And he and obviously that was not his thoughts because he came up and made a hell of a play. So that's what I want to focus on, and, I, and I'm going to dig in, and we're going to dig into this coaching staff and the decisions they made, but the players showed a lot of fight throughout this game. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there were a lot of times being down 14 to three early that this team could have given up. And this defense gave up zero points after the five minute mark in the first quarter, mm -hmm. zero South Carolina only had, I believe one other drive where they gained over 60 yards on the drive and only two other drives where they gained over 50 yards throughout the game until that last drive. So something they did after that second drive clearly worked. And yeah. they went away from that in that last drive when they rushed three and dropped eight. Yeah, and Will, they, they've shown, you know, with, with four or five guys and, and even some of the blitzes that they can get pressure. Now, but with three guys at Vandy D-line, you're not going to get any pressure. You're just not. And so I think that call was a, was a microcosm of kind of the coaching style uh, of this team so far this season. And we'll see uh, what kind of adjustments Clark Lee makes. But, Will, let's get into the scoring drive recap. I know you have a lot um, on a lot of these scoring plays. And let's start right there beginning of the game nick muse had a two-yard touchdown pass uh the tight end from luke doty that was a 12 play 75 yard drive that lasted five minutes and will that was it seemed like from the start 
it's going to be a same old Vandy game and, and, you know, defense is going to struggle. They're going to, you know, they're going to bend a lot and, and, and then they'll end up breaking there in the red zone, but credit to the defense that after that, like you said, they ended up playing a little bit better, but man, right after that first drive, Carolina had all the momentum and it seemed like uh, they were going to have their way, especially with that, that muse touchdown again, the tight end getting loose. Yeah. It, that drive, it was kind of one of those moments where you watch that drive and you go, Oh no, here we go again. Um, And, and that was, and then you had the Vanderbilt drive right after that, which I do want to get into, which was a seven play 51 year drive. We'll get to that that result in the field goal. Um, So I don't want to skip past it, but you had that touchdown and then you had the Vanderbilt field goal. And then the next drive, you had a two play touchdown drive for South Carolina, boom, 14 to three. And you're sitting Mm -hmm. there thinking this offense from South Carolina has just scored 14 points in the first 10 minutes of this game. What is going on? And then the defense locked them down the rest of the game. It was phenomenal to see this defense finally being rewarded for what we have been saying all year is they're in the right spots. Mm -hmm. Things just, you know, they're they're out talented, they're half a step slower, but they're in the right spots. And you can see the concepts they're trying to utilize on defense. And this was the first game outside of the last drive that you've seen those defensive concepts and and, and schemes actually work. And that was something that was really positive to see and gives you a little bit of hope for the remainder of this season and maybe even going into next season. I don't want to get looked that far ahead. No, the defense is not the problem. That's the bottom line. You know, this defense is fine. They're being put in spots to to succeed. I do want to say before we go any further here, Billy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry sorry to cut you off there, but we are saying that this offense actually looked better and they actually had their first, they were the only team in the country without a 40 plus yard play. Only team in the country. That's that's crazy. And that that, ended, crazy that changed. Thank God that changed very early. <laughs> um, and they fight and that pass to Cam Johnson. Yep. But we are saying all this with the caveat of yes, the offense looked better under Wright. Wright was able to extend plays. Yes, all of that is true. They actually did move the ball against an SEC opponent. The offense was still bad. Like, like it just it, it, you're comparing like it wasn't a perfect game. No. Awful. Like you're comparing like awful how the offense has been to like a smidge above that. Like yeah. so, I don't want this to come off as. The offensive problems are fixed under Mike Wright. There are a myriad of problems that still remain related to the entire scheme, and we're going to get into those. And I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. And 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 Joseph Bullivis, you mentioned he got back on track with the 42-yard field goal. That was from the left hash. He got it, Will. Yep. Left, left hash. I loved kick. it. Love to see that. But I do want to comment on that, on this drive in particular. Which um, drive? The, the first drive for the, South Carolina? The first drive for Vanderbilt. For Vanderbilt. Um, I really do want to touch on this one, and I want to touch on the second drive for Vanderbilt in particular. Okay, the, here we go. first two drives of the game. Because we keep continuously saying that Vanderbilt gets off to awful starts and they don't have the type of offense that has the ability to catch up and they actually were able to take the lead in this game. Yes. But in general, against not South Carolina, who's also just as bad on offense, that's not going to work. And Vanderbilt had another slow start. They were down 14 to 3. And on this drive, it, fine. Mike Wright's in the game. You're playing with a backup quarterback. You're going to run the ball more. Yeah. You just are. And Mike Wright's a running quarterback. So I have to take off the run on first and second down because Mike Wright's a different scenario just because it's a run with Mike Wright. That doesn't mean it's a run up the middle run off tackle. That being said, throw the pass to Cam Johnson first 40 plus yard completion of the game. And you've got the ball down to the South Carolina 28 and right here is the problem. This is the, the in your face problem with Joey Lynch's play calling. They ran two straight plays with Rocco Griffin off tackle to set up third and six, each for two yards. And then they ran an option play. So they ran two designed runs with Mike Wright and kind of read option designed runs. One pass to Cam Johnson on third down, third and five that was completed for 44 yards. 
then two runs off tackle and don't allow Mike Wright to throw the football because God, if, they, if they're going to turn, if they turn the ball over inside the 30, God forbid that they turn the ball over inside the 30, we've got to get this, this field goal. And then, so obviously that, that results in Joe Bolivis hitting the field goal seven to three. Then we've touched on South Carolina two play touchdown after seven yard stop. Yes. And then we get into Vanderbilt's next drive, which they drove the ball down the field again. Rocco. And it started out on first down. I loved it. The play calling actually did not have as much of a problem loved it. with it. 30 to 30, the 30 to the 30. I did not have as much of a problem. And you right. touched on it last week on the scoring play. On the, it, when this team is in scoring position, it's even worse. And combine that with the first quarter play calling. So this second drive in the game for Vanderbilt, fourth drive overall for both teams. Start out the drive with a 50-yard pass to Will Shepard. Um, get the ball down to the South Beautiful Carolina throw, 22. By the way. Beautiful. Mike Wright run, Rocco Griffin run, and then you're first and goal in the South Carolina 8. Well, then you run the same thing, which is the Mike Wright half fake drop into the quarterback draw, which didn't work once the entire game. The only time that it worked was rolling him out with kind of the read option type stuff. That just right. designed quarterback draw never worked. And then uh, second and goal, you also run Mike Wright kind of on a similar thing. He makes a guy miss four yards. This right here, third and goal, is where the gripes begin. Because I was fine with the first two run Mike Wright play calls because I do like him in the red zone getting right. in space. I would like to see him have the option to pass the ball, but so be it. Third and goal from the South Carolina four. They throw a fade pass to Will Shepard from the four-yard line. Okay? If you're planning to kick a field goal on fourth down if you don't get that, that's a fine – like, I, I hate the fade. It's my least favorite call in, in all of football because it's so low percentage. And coaches argue – will argue with me and people that played that it's low percentage. Yes, they won't argue that point, but it's also low risk. Right. And I say, why would you ever even run the low? If you just do that, just run it up the middle. Right. So they throw this fade, which is either touchdown or no yardage. Everybody can agree on that. Mm -hmm. Then they make the decision to go for it on fourth down after you've ran a fade on third down. So, so follow me along here, Bill. I, I don't understand that logic. If you are going to, if you know you are going to go for it on fourth down, which I actually agree with that decision at that point to not kick another field goal and, and go down 14 to six, right? you have to run a play that has potential to gain yardage, whether that's a wide receiver <laughs> screen, another type of read option, you, the fade and then knowing you're going to go for it on fourth down is something you wouldn't do if you were playing Madden and you were seven years old. It just doesn't make any sense. And that is the stuff that just, it, they talk about this, the statistics chart, the data chart. Well, there's a massive, massive difference between the success rate of fourth and goal from the four yard line and the success rate from fourth and goal on the two yard line. Because guess what, Billy? If they had just ran the ball up the middle like they did and they averaged in the red zone still two yards a carry, ran the ball up the middle, gained two yards, it was fourth and two from the two, the same play happens, the fumbled snap, Rocco Griffin picks it up, guess what, that's yep. a touchdown. But they decided to run a, a fade with no opportunity to gain yardage, and then it clearly they were going to run a read option type run play there with Mike Wright, and it was a fumbled snap. But that play is great on fourth and goal from the two-yard line. That play is not great fourth and goal from the four yard line. Right. So right. that those two drives, just the situational play calling is not good. And it's, and I don't know how to keep harping on it because I sound like a broken record at this point because nothing is changing. And then you saw some more aggressive play calling from Joey Lynch after the first quarter. Right. Once again, this team decided that they were not going to do anything off script and be super conservative until they realized, oh shit, this isn't working again.
and we're down 14 to three and we're down again in the first. So we really got to mix it up. And here we go. It's the same path. We're seven games in, Joey. You got you got to get a little less conservative. I don't know when that is going to change. And you could see Clark Lee visibly upset with yep. the play calling on that sideline. There is no denying that Clark Lee was not a fan of this play calling this Saturday. Yeah, and well, I think in that situation, if you flip, you go read option maybe on third down, and then you give them the fade. Man, that the, the logic there is very. Oh, I just hate the fade regardless, and, and, so I would never agree I, with well, it. I, yes, I, did, I can I see the logic there if you yes, are a fan of the fade. Yes, it almost seemed like they were okay. Let's do the fade. Let Let's kick the field goal. But no, they, they ended up going for it on fourth down. And that's and the, my point. And show, That's yes, my and, I, and I fully point. understand that point. And Vanderbilt ended up fumbling that snap. Rocco, it was just that was totally oh, mm-hmm. totally off off script. And and you know, but again, well, th- th- nonetheless, th- this team did respond, and and, and that. That, I think, was encouraging. Will Shepard, let's go to the third quarter now. 52-yard pass from Mike Wright. Joseph Bulovis kick. Did you already touch on that? That was an eight-play, 89-yard drive. Uh, took 339 off the clock. Uh, so, Will, I think with this drive, this is when you realized, all right, we've got a ball game. We, we, mm-hmm. we, have, we have a ball game here, and Mike Wright is a player. And, but, and so is Will Shepard. And that throw, I, I think, it, you know, the throw on the left sideline was a better throw. That was a dot. But this throw here, that was a tight spiral. And give cre- all credit in the world to Will Shepard. He ended up finding a way to break a tackle. And, boy, that speed, too. That speed for him to get yeah. over there and then and then hush the crowd. I mean, that was a dog mentality play, Will. That's what we've been talking about throughout this season. That's Shepard stepping up and saying, I'm going to put the hammer down and say we're not losing this game. And that was a – he's only a sophomore, too. So picture this two, a year or two down the road. Shep's a dog, and give credit to him. We love the guy. We're a big fan. But, Will, that was when you noticed, okay, we, we've got a ball game here. Yeah, the Will Shepard came out, and like I said, if you actually read the article, I quoted I quoted from our source and sources exactly what they said. Yes, about Will and, and a lot of people, agree. a lot of people, a lot of people, confused, Will, a lot of people are like... getting very confused on me quoting, and then what I said underneath, which was I did not agree with it because I can follow the logic of this coaching staff because of his playmaker ability. I don't think people understand what quotes are. Yeah. I didn't quotes? say that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that Will Shepard was doing that. I didn't say that he was graded low. Maybe, I didn't maybe, say that. maybe we should have bolded what you said yeah, or maybe something. So. I, I guess yeah, the that's the big important. thing that keeps happening. I keep getting tagged in stats and stuff, and I'm like, "Did you even read it?" Yeah. I said the dude's going to be a he's a legit playmaker with pl- game breaking ability, so that's listen, why he's out there. I said I don't know if I agree with him leading the team in targets necessarily, and that's not even a bold so, statement because he is so young. But that, but I just, my whole point was that Cam Johnson needs more targets and not that Will Shepard doesn't deserve to be yeah. out there on the field. And we're and so as happy saw, as anybody I, about his exactly. success. Exactly. I saw him go out there and, and that first, I was, I was, I hate to say it. So I was at the Tennessee <laughs> Old Man. I was the only man in Knoxville wearing a Vanderbilt shirt. Oh I my. will give you that guarantee. And you survived? And I survived out there. I, you know, I, but I was watching. Did you get hit by any I, trash? I didn't. I was not in the game. I did not attend okay. the game. I don't like Ole Miss or Tennessee, so I was not paying one hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> for a ticket to go watch two teams. Credit, I hate credit to you. Yeah. So, but I was out there. It was a fun environment. But I was sitting there on my phone watching the Vanderbilt game, and then I made him turn on the uh, Vanderbilt game. Did in you the last see seven where it's at that tailgate? Eighteen people got arrested after that game in, in that stadium. That was just. That was. I think the epitome of what a lot of people <sighs> thought about Tennessee fans, and a lot of it came true. So for a correct I, call. For yeah, exactly. This for, wasn't for Chris a, Pier- This wasn't it. I said, and I and I can't. You can't tweet this. People take it out of context. <laughs> what I'm saying, but I said that the Chris Pierce touchdown against Florida, they got reversed. 
wrong call. If that, it, let's say, for example, that it was that fourth and 24 for Tennessee and their player catches the ball exactly how Chris Pierce does for the first down and then they go back and review it and overturn it the exact same way that happened to Chris Pierce. I don't agree with throwing trash on the field. That's absurd. You're an no. idiot if you did that. I can't believe that that was done. It was so trashy, but it's in line with the Tennessee fans. Very, Everybody very in knows line. It. Yeah. yeah, I've no, grown no, up around No surprise. Old. And it, it was but, also kind of awesome to see, though. But yeah, let, let's fun. get off. I mean, that Lane Kiffin on the field was great. The team oh dancing gosh. for Ole Miss, I loved it. But that is an like objectively bad call and controversial call. That then I'm, I would personally be like, all right, the you, Chris shouldn't Pierce trash. you shouldn't, yes, you shouldn't throw trash on the field, but I can personally see if it is that bad of a, of an overturn that it's like, okay, like I personally can see why you shouldn't do it, but you know, I'm not going to get like up and in yeah. arms about it, but, but it was just, the call was so right. Like yeah. they, they called it right on the field. Yeah. It was probably six inches closer to the first down, but it was still not a first down. And a lot of people they reviewed it. The guy reached it's, his it's, hand out. The ball wasn't in his hand. That's, that's why I put out my deep analytical analysis there that had an arrow pointing at his hand without the ball that said not football and the ball on his hip that deep said analytical, football. Deep analytical analysis. Yeah. Like I mean, that's what that's the deep analysis that play needed but you know but yeah any, let's, any get type, back, let's get back any type of analysis for tennessee fans is a little bit tough but yeah a little where, tough where to are take. we talking about we were so here we let's go to the fourth quarter because <laughs> we, we still got to get to to three main takeaways but well th- fourth quarter very important vanderbilt scored on a 28 yard joseph bullivis field goal one minute 36 seconds remaining but on that drive it was an eight play 38 yard drive and it took 332 off the clock Vanderbilt scored and and not again not a whole lot happened there early in the fourth quarter nobody really scored Vanderbilt had some takeaways and again the offense couldn't do anything with those takeaways which I'll get on in my takeaways but field goal 136 to play Joseph Bulovas hit that the drive will is what gets me Vanderbilt it was a nice drive I mean Vanderbilt it was another nice offensive drive but the way they finished it and the lack of aggression, the play calling from Joey Lynch, it's like it all culminated into this disaster of an ending for Vanderbilt. And you almost felt like, okay, South Carolina is going to win this. They're going to they're going to go go down, score, and win this game. And that's what that's what you felt. I think a lot of people felt. Now I missed the fourth quarter. I went back and watched it. But will the play calling is what I point to there. You, you ended up setting settling for a 26 yard chip shot field goal, and you're still only up by six. So the aggression, the lack of aggression, and the the zero killer instinct in this team is what not only the players but the staff has to learn. And in the SEC, I think they saw, okay, we can do that against Colorado State. We can do that against UConn. But against South Carolina, this cannot happen, and you cannot win like this, and we've touched on this. So, Will, in this drive, I was stunned. Uh, you know, I was stunned by a lot of things in this game, but – Really, really stunned going back and watching this game about the play calling there and Joey Lynch. So, Will, full of his field goal, but it wasn't the time you needed that field goal. Yeah, there. this is the perfect example of what I was saying. It, it feels at times, and I don't want this to come off as too harsh, but I kind of do, that we've hired Bobby Johnson 2.0. Um, because right here, you had, like I always say, you cannot coach Vanderbilt like you're Notre Dame or Alabama. Right. Anything like you have to coach Vanderbilt like you're Vanderbilt. And the only coach that that the university has ever had here that understood that was James Franklin. And I'm not even saying that James Franklin was some insanely outstanding coach, but I think he has the same shades of Lane Kiffin that he realizes where Mm -hmm. he goes like at Ole Miss. You can't coach Ole Miss like you're even coaching at Tennessee. 
you have to coach them differently because mm-hmm. they're just not quite going to have that same talent level or the same traditional right. prestige or and for whatever reason that yeah. that matters in college football well this team got the turnover got a gift handed to them mm-hmm. in that interception and it looked like they were going to be able to go down because the initially first run by Rocco Griffin 13 yards and then they were able to get down in scoring position once again inside the 30 inside the 20 and here we go the team Mm -hmm. needed to take that shot they needed to put the nail in the coffin they needed to take this win from south carolina take it instead they were like we just need to hold on to this win and not lose and that is a mindset that did not cost them in the colorado state game they did the exact same thing in the colorado state game they played super conservatively the entire time with the lead Colorado State drove down to the last drive for them of the entire game. And then fortunately, Vanderbilt was able behind conceals to go down the field and Bolivis was able to knock down a field goal. But this game played out exactly that same way. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that Vanderbilt was not able to drive down the field because South Carolina is an SEC team and their talent on defense is just better. And it's going to be harder to have those Mm -hmm. minute or 30 second drives down. Uh, Stupid penalties from South Carolina and unfortunately Mike Wright fumbled. But they settled for that field goal, and I just... It's tough. It's tough. Uh, it's, sorry, it's I'm, tough. I'm trying not to uh, say a lot of curse words on here, and I have a lot <laughs> in my mind that I'm trying to say. <laughs> but the moment that I saw them run up the middle on second and five um, at the South Carolina 10, I looked over, I was with no Vanderbilt fans, and I looked over at the Kentucky fan who had just watched them lose 30-13 to 13 to Georgia, mm-hmm. and I said the moment they ran that to Rocco Griffin, I said... They're losing this game, not a doubt in my mind. You could feel it. You could Mm -hmm. feel when South Carolina got that ball that Vanderbilt was going to drop into a conservative zone completely different than anything they had done on defense. And they were going to allow South Carolina to effortlessly move down the field, and you saw it early. And I don't understand how the staff has now made the same mistake so many times. They made the mistake against UConn, and they won, fortunately. They made the mistake against Colorado State and won, fortunately. I don't know how some two people right here that don't do this for a living and have a fan podcast. I mean, that's what we are at this point. I have a fan podcast can see that that was a detrimental decision to the team and you got really lucky and the staff can't see it. And that is the problem that I have is Bobby Johnson, as much as I do say that he was kind of underrated and got handed a very, very tough situation. That was a gripe with him is he is he would never go out and win games. He would fail to lose games, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So and the wins, if they fell into his lap, he would hold on to them. But he was not going to win you a game outside of the couple years he had Jay Cutler. He right. was not going to win you a game with aggressive play call. And I think what a lot of Vandy fans hope for, Will, is that Clarkley understands this and that this is not a mentality that he can't shake. Because as a coach, you can adapt. You can change. But that's, that's, a, that's the hope. Now, if this keeps happening, they're going to go winless in the SEC. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. And so, I was only thing uh, uh, else I was going to touch on was the uh, the drive from South Carolina and the defense. And you touched on a little bit, but you try to rush three guys, you're not going to get any pressure. So that takes away the pressure. So you put eight guys in zone coverage and you point them to the middle of the field, which, as a Vanderbilt defense, again, they don't have um, any showstoppers, any game changing defensive players. So Again, I, 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 I struggle kind of wrapping that around my mind and that, that mentality and coaching scheme. But, Will, South Carolina, they're not – I hate calling them, them a putrid offense, but to even have them drive down, I think Clark Lee – I'm not saying he disrespected South Carolina's offense, but in a way he did. 
He said, we're going we're gonna to put this game in the hands of South Carolina, whoever they throw out there, Zeb Nolan or Luke Doty, and we're going to put it in their hands. And they did, and they won it. And give credit to being. I, I think to the South best. Carolina. I think the best way to say it is exactly that. It is when you were coaching, and that you hit on the point that I've never even thought of it from this perspective. But when you were coaching at Notre Dame and Alabama, you can you can say we're just going to run our base drop back, and we're going to make them beat us. We're going to mm-hmm. make them make plays. The opponent make plays. When you're at Vanderbilt, you are the team that has to make those plays. If you're at Notre Dame and you're facing South Carolina, one of your playmakers on that 11-man defense is going to come up with the big play just because of the talent level that you have. That doesn't happen at Vanderbilt. You have to design something to make the play happen. Because if you put it in the hands of an opponent, like any SEC opponent, now an out-of-conference is a little different, you put it in the hands of an opponent in the SEC, and say you you have to make these plays to beat us in and us is Vanderbilt. Yeah, they're going to do it 19 out of 20 times and beat you. You can't play that way. And that is the that is the perspective Clark Lee has coached from this entire season. And I think when he takes a deep look back and takes a step back, he's going to really either, he's going to a completely redo his coaching philosophy. Or B, he's not going to last more than five years. And and that's what I was saying, Will, with his mentality. He is a very, very smart defensive coach. He's he knows what's – He's yeah. very conservative. But, yes, right now that's what he is. He's conservative, and I think he he is going to change his approach. And if he does, I think Vandy can squeeze out a win against Mizzou mm-hmm. and, hell, maybe even Mississippi State next Saturday. Who knows? So, Will, that's it for the for the scoring drive recap. My apologies due to technical difficulties. Our three-main takeaway segment was – unfortunately lost but uh we still have our scoring drive recap for you and we will not miss another three main takeaway segment the rest of the season that just about does it here though for segment 116 alongside will byram i'm billy Derek. you've been listening to episode 116 of the door report powered by a Laco fine wood floors